why we are here uh, this evening. But I, I want to just share a quick uh, couple of thoughts with you uh, before, we, before we end our time. Um, but, but to jump in, to jump into it, I need a little bit of your help. I need a little bit of participation from you and with a question. And the question is this, what, as we are here in December the 24th, we are here at Christmas Eve. You've had lots of, lots of uh, opportunities to answer this question. Here's the question. What are some of your favorite parts about Christmas? What are some of your favorite parts about Christmas? Come on, shout them out to me. Yell them out. Yell them back to me. Family. I heard tamales in the back there. What else? Just, just a real quick informal poll. How many of you love some tamales? Go ahead and raise the hand, right? That's right, man. I tell you what, I grew up in Ohio, and tamales was not a tradition of ours, but I have welcomed your tradition into my life with the tamales. What else? What are some of your, your favorite parts about Christmas? Jesus, presents, yeah, hint, hint, back there, husband, presents, right? What else, what else? What are, what's some of your favorite parts about Christmas? Family, family, love that part. Anybody love watching movies at this time of the year, right? We love going to the movies, all that kind of thing. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite parts about Christmas, about the Christmas season and Christmas time, is actually Christmas lights, I love Christmas lights. In fact, uh, growing up as a little boy, like I always wanted to see Christmas lights, and my dad would hang Christmas lights. And so for me, it's not Christmas unless I have, I have seen some Christmas lights. And now it's so fun as I have a 16-month-old daughter, and like I take her for walks, and she usually falls asleep, right? I use her as my excuse to go see Christmas lights. Hello, right? But, but, uh, but I love Christmas lights. And so I wanted, to, I, wanted to test how, I wanted to test your love for Christmas lights. And so I, I brought a couple of photos, and I need, I need, I'm curious if you can identify these, these photos so we can see how much you love lights, too. So the first one, little, little, what's this one? Where's this place at? Hotel Del Coronado. So I wanted to give you some low-hanging fruit so we could get it going this, this evening. Uh, but let's, let's check this next one. Put this next photo up for me. Where, where can you find these lights? The, 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 bay, the bay, and it's called the what? The Boat Bay Parade, something like that, right? Anywhere, there's near, anywhere near water. Again, this is not a tradition I had, so I welcome it wholeheartedly, right? I love this. But this next one is uh, kind of in our, our neighborhood, uh, and it's been around for about 60 years, but I'm curious if you can, if you can guess this one. So put this, put this photo up. Right on, right on. Give this lady a round of applause, right? That was like... Bang. But yeah, Christmas Circle, uh, right over here in Chula Vista, they've been doing it for like 60 years, and so, hey, there's still time when we end our time to go see some Christmas lights. But this last photo, this last photo is one of the, it is like one of the most prolific uh, Christmas lights experiences that you will have in San Diego. I mean, it is like not only the best in San Diego, it might be the best regionally. And, uh, and I wanted you to be able to experience what it looks like to have just a, an awesome Christmas light experience. And so go ahead and put this photo up for us. There you go. That's actually my house where I live. That's what it looks like to celebrate Christmas, right? I got my row up there as well. But here's the thing. Uh, we, we, I love Christmas lights, and, and I, I, my guess is that you love Christmas lights, whether you hang them or you enjoy them one way or the other. But, but I have a question for us this evening. I actually have two questions for us. One is, why, why lights? Why are lights associated with Christmas, with this Christmas story, right? Why, why, is, it, why is light 
associated with Christmas story? Why do we, why do we hang lights? Like, why do we do that? And I know the biblical answer. I know that there's, you know, there's the light stuff. But, but jump past that and ask this question. Of all the metaphors that God could have used to, to be a part of his story that we would celebrate every single year, why is it that he chose light, as particularly light in the darkness? And the second question is this. Why are you here tonight? It's a rhetorical question, but why are you here tonight? Maybe for some of you, you're here because you were dragged here against your will, we'll, and we'll still take you, right? But maybe for others, it's like, no, no, this is what, you know, I want to celebrate the birth of Christ. Like, you know, I know a little bit more. But I want you to think about those two questions as we continue this evening. And that is, why, why lights at Christmas time? And then why am I, why am I here tonight? So those are the two questions I want to look at uh, as we jump in. And I, I want to I kind of paint the, uh, the Christmas story for us. And so if you have a Bible or a way to get a copy of the Scriptures, we're going to look at Luke 2. And Luke 2 is like the most famous, uh, it's like the Scripture when it comes to the Christmas story. But as we, as we read this and as we kind of journey, what I would love for you to do is to is to kind of maybe identify with some of the characters in the story because that, that's the beautiful part about this Christmas story is that the author's intended for you to be able to identify with some of these characters because I believe that there's two, two different categories that you can find yourself in tonight. And the first category actually comes from the, the passage that we're going to look at. But before we even jump into that, here's kind of a thesis that I'm going to be working from, and it's this. I believe that we are all looking for a light to guide us. I believe that we're all looking for some light to guide us, right? Walmart promises us if we shop there that our Christmas will be brighter. Hello, right? And, there, and there's all kinds of products and services and, and even in relationships. But I believe that we're all looking for some sort of light that can guide us. And, and the same was true in the biblical narrative. The same was true during the time of Jesus, that there were people in the story that were, that were looking for a light to guide them, whether they knew it or didn't know it. And the first category and the first group of people that we're going to look at are actually the shepherds. And go ahead and put, the, put a photo up of the shepherds, right? Here is, here is just the best rendition of the shepherds ever, right? And they're like, if you never knew what a shepherd looks like, that's probably not what they look like, but that's, that's an addition of what, it, what they could have looked like. And so here we have the shepherds, and here's, here's what the shepherds represent in the story. The shepherds represent the group or category of people that were not looking for Jesus. They were, they were not looking for God. They, they didn't wake up and were like, oh, I can't wait to go to church. These people woke up, and they were with their, their sheep, and they were kind of living life, and they were kind of doing their own thing. And I wonder if you're here this evening, and maybe you identify on that part. Where it's like, I'm not looking for any of those things. I'm not, I'm not really uh, uh, caught up with any of those things. Those are my parents' things, or that's, that, that was somebody else's thing. But I, I'm not really there. You need to hear this. The beautiful thing about the story that we're going to jump into is that even though you weren't necessarily looking for God, God is looking for you. Look at Luke chapter 2 real quickly. In Luke chapter 2, it says this. And there were shepherds living out in fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were what? They're terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I bring you good news that's going to cause great joy for all the people. Think about this. The angel shows up to the group of people that, are, that don't want to have anything to do with God. They're not even looking for God. And that's the very people that God went to to give them the most important message of all time. I'm giving you good news that's going to cause great joy for all the people. And then it goes on. It says, today in the town of David. Now again, context, David was like a rock star for them. He was, he was gigantic. And today in the, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is going to be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory! Oh, maybe they had better voices than me, right? But they, they, they show up and they said, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace, don't miss this, to those on whom his favor rests. To those on whom his favor rests. I'm not going to go into that, but that is a humongous part of the story is that peace is for those on whom his favor rests. How do you get God's favor? The light that we're going to talk about in just a moment. But it continues. When the angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has taught us about, or told us about. And so they hurried off and they found Mary and they found Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And check this out again. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not searching, you're not looking. But the amazingly good news is that even though you weren't looking, God was looking for you. And here, here's the, kind of the point of this little part right here. Is that God, with the not searching, God surprises the not searching with an invitation. And he says, let's go and see. Let's go and see. Let's go and see what this God might be about. Let's go and see what this whole Christmas thing might be about. Let's go and see what the light might be about. But see, that's not the only category. That's not the only group of people that God went to on that night. There was another group. And this other group was the, was the wise men. Everybody say wise men. The wise men. And we, we learn about their story. And here's the interesting thing about the wise men. The wise men were not part of the Jewish people. They were, they were wise men. They were from a different part of the, of the world. But yet, through time, they had heard prophecies. They had heard words. They had heard about this person, Jesus. And did you know, well, here's an interesting little thing for you this evening, is that the, it's believed that the, that the seed that was planted for the wise men happened hundreds and hundreds of years ago when God's people were actually in exile. They talked about their God. They talked about this Messiah that was going to come. And here, hundreds of years later, there were people looking. They were looking for this light that would come. And in, Luke, in Matthew chapter uh, 2, it tells the story of the wise men. But can you put a, a picture up of my wise men real quick? All right, I don't, I don't want you to miss out and not understand what we're talking about. Here's the wise men. And the wise men said in Matthew chapter 2, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi, which are which are the wise men from the east, they came to Jerusalem and they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? They, they want, they're looking, they're searching. And again, maybe you're here tonight and it's like, I am looking for a light. I am searching. I'm, I'm looking for this person that I've heard other people talk about. I'm looking for this light that I have experienced, other people have experienced. I'm looking. And here's the wise men. They're looking. They're on their way. They're searching. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. 
After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose, it went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. You see, here's, here's like the beautiful thing is that, is that those that are searching, God wants to reward you by revealing his presence to you. Those that are looking for God, those that are looking for a light for your life, you need to hear this, that God wants to reward you, wants to reward your searching by revealing his presence. What I mean by that is by revealing who he is. You know, we were talking about how, how Emmanuel and, and, and the words that we use is that, is that the word became flesh and dwelled among us. You see, God wants to reveal himself to you, just like God wanted to reveal his son to the wise men who were searching. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, of gifts of frankincense, and of gifts of myrrh. You see, this is the beautiful message for all of us here this evening is that what I believe to be true for all of us is that we are all searching for a light that will guide us. And and what God does is that he doesn't leave us in the dark, but rather he gives us a light in which we can pursue, in which we can follow, in which will illuminate our life. And so there's these two categories here. Now, why is it that we look for a light? Why is it that we are looking for this? Here's why. I believe that we're looking for a light because what we want to experience is life. You see, I believe that light leads to life. And in John, the passage that we read, and it's a passage that doesn't get a lot of love at Christmas time. It doesn't get a lot of plays on your Spotify. Hey. In John, what he talks about is he, ta- he uses creation language. In fact, when you're reading John and you're reading Genesis, they really sound familiar. Because John's using creation language to describe the arrival, the emergence of Jesus on Christmas Day. That it was much bigger, it was, it was more grander than being able to try to tie it to this one particular place and people. That's why he says, and, and life emerged or burst onto the scene. You see, what I believe that we're looking for is a light because what we want to experience is life. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you want to experience some life? Turn to your other neighbor and say, how about just some eggnog, right? I believe that that's what we want, that's what we want to experience, and that's what John was trying to describe to us. Now very quickly, very quickly, just three three very, very quick things about what the arrival of the light of Jesus means for our life. And and the first thing is that the reason that we, we say it's light and the reason that light is associated with this time of year and is associated with God's story through the birth of Jesus is because light brings us three things. Light brings order. Light brings order. Does anybody, uh, anybody, have, anybody have children? Raise your hand. Anybody have kids? Anybody a grandkid? I see some hands back there. Has anybody ever been a kid before? Has anybody been a kid? Okay, so that's everybody, right? And, and here's, here's what I know to be true because I have a 16-month-old now, and also I am very, very good at being a kid because I was one once, right? But here's what I know is that, is that little kids and, and my daughter, like children, what they need is they need order in their life. You see, the world, when you start to realize the world and mommy and daddy and grandpa and family and, and the world, when you, when you start to realize these things, it's very complex and it's, it can feel very chaotic. And that's why it's so important as parents and as caregivers to give order to children so that they can be able to arrange their life in a way and build a life to go on and be healthy and, and productive, 
You see, one of the things that when God showed up with light is that he brought order to the world. You see, the world, uh, one of the songs that we sing at this time, O Holy Night, and it says, Long lay the world in error and sin pining. I I got those lyrics mixed up a little bit. But it says, Until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. You see, God shows up and he brings order to our life. The second thing that God does is that he brings direction for our life. Direction for our life. Has anybody ever been here, been in your house or been in a situation camping or anything like that where the lights just went out? Say yes. Right? You ever been in a situation where like lightning struck or something like that? And even when you're in your own house and all the lights go out, you're still walking around like the walking dead, right? You're like trying to find stuff. You're reaching out. You're like, I know that someone just, they moved the, that box right there. I'm going to fall over. I know, right? And you do one of these and then the light comes on and you're like three feet away from it. You're like, oh, maybe, maybe not. One of the things that God does is that he, when he brings direction, is that he brings direction to our life. You see, see, as you come alive in Jesus, as you place your faith in Jesus, he begins to direct your lives. He begins to show you things that you never knew were there. He begins to reveal stuff to you that you didn't know was there. When you look back and you're like, wow, I've had three different kind of relationships and they all ended the same way. Jesus shows up and he says, yeah, it's you, right? Because he gives you direction for your life. So he gives us order, he gives us direction, and then, of course, he gives us life. You see, the reason that we, we talk about light, we light candles, and why Christmas lights are such a big thing is not because they look pretty, but rather because of what they provide for us. And God knows this. God knows they bring order. He knows that they bring direction, and he knows that they bring life. And do you know why God knows these things, besides him being God? Is that light, what light communicates is love. Light communicates his love. As I mentioned, I've got a 16-month-old daughter, McKinley, and she's so fun right now. Like, it's such a fun, I say fun in the same sentence, exhausting stage right now, right? It's like every time she can figure something out, like climb the chairs. Like, we, I come here a lot, and I, and I bring my daughter here to church a lot, and, uh, and I, you know, dad's got to be doing stuff. And so, like, I basically just kind of create a, a world in which I hope that she doesn't either break herself or something in the church, right? And she'll come in here and she'll climb. The latest thing is she can climb on the chairs and she can speed down the chairs, right? And I, you talk about, I'm a pastor. It's like I try to exercise as much faith as possible. Please, Jesus, don't let her fall off those chairs, right? Mom will never let me bring her to church again, alone. But she's so fun and, and she's figuring out so many different things. Um, just recently, like, she... she uh, um, figured out how to climb onto our, our kitchen table, and, and which is really fun. But she does this thing anytime that she's about to do something bad or she gets in trouble, she does this. She'll go, hi, hi, like raise her little hand and like, what are you supposed to do with that, right? Uh, but, but she, you know, so she's so fun and, and we're learning so much and she's developing so much. And, and one of the things that as soon as she could get up and run uh, that she started to do is that she would get up uh, if she does something bad or she gets mad at us, she'll get up and she'll, she'll sprint to her room and she'll slam the door. Like already, 16 months. It's like, does that just, is that just built in, right, to children? Like what in the world? Now, when she does that and her lights are on in her room, I don't hear from her. All is good in the world. But the times when she runs into her room, slams that door, and the lights are off, she starts hollering. She starts going, dead, 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 right? Like immediate, like the worst thing in the world is about to happen. 
And do you know what's interesting? When I, when I go to the door and when I open the door, do you know how I don't respond to her? Do you know how, you know, I don't show up and show up and I say, well, you sit in the darkness. This was your decision, right? I, I don't show up and say, hey, well, the Bible actually says the light came into the world and darkness has not overcome it, right? I, I, don't, I don't take that moment. Do you know what I immediately do for her? I turn the lights on. I turn the lights on because I don't want her to sit in dark. I don't want her to be afraid. I want her to, have, I want her to be able to know what's going on. You see, what God did when he showed up through the person of Jesus is that he doesn't show up and he look at you and say, wow, those are the decisions you've made. You sit in it. He doesn't come to you and say, well, if you would have listened to me about four years ago, you wouldn't be sitting in this place. Rather, the first thing that God does is he turns on the light. Do you know why? Because he loves you. And he wants you to be able to see the world that he wants to give to you, that he's created for you. You see, because light It communicates love because it gives us order, it gives us direction, and it gives us life. You know, this evening as I end my time, this is another kind of important part of why light is so important. You see, light light only has relevance when there's darkness. You know that? Light Light only matters when it's dark. We only start to pay attention to the light when we've experienced darkness. There's a famous passage in Isaiah chapter 9, and we won't go there. But in Isaiah chapter 9, it was laying out the history of, of Israel. And it has this, this famous like verse or, or part of the story where it talks about the people that have been living in darkness have seen a great light. And so this is what I want to give you as well. Is that one of the things that binds all of us together as humans is that we've all experienced darkness before. We know what it's like to feel darkness. Whether it was somebody else's decisions, whether it was our own decisions, we all know what it's like to feel darkness. And the good news about Christmas is that Jesus is greater than the darkness. In John chapter 1, what we just read, I think I actually have this slide for us. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This Christmas, before we jump into all the fun stuff, before we get into all the, all the different pieces that we're going to get into, can I give you one thing that I would love for you to take home? And maybe, maybe it will sink into your spirit as we go through the season and we head into 2019. But let me give you this. Follow the light that God has given. The light that God has given through the birth of his son. Follow that light. Your journey might look different than my journey. That's okay. It it might go like this. It might go like this. It might go in a straight line. It might go in a giant circle. That's okay. But follow the light that God has given you in your world and in your life. Follow the light because, because light is how you find your way home. Would you play this for us, Jeremiah?
traveler searching for the way to go. Stranger, heavy hearted, longing for some. guide your way home. And that is what tonight is about. That is what this season is about, is that God loved us so much that he sent us a light that would guide our way home. Well, let's go ahead and turn those lights off, and, uh, and we're going to sing together. Uh, go ahead and get your candles out. We're going to light these candles up. Livy, I'm going to light yours, and then I'm going to have you turn and light. And as you get a light on your candle, go ahead and pass that light on. And in a way, this is symbolic and beautiful of not only the light that we've received from Jesus, but then also in turn, we give the light to others. And so as you're lighting your candle, go ahead and stand with us. We're going to sing Silent Night. So let's stand and